0: Dance, hurt. Hello and welcome to Project Passion, the podcast made to inspire you to follow your passion and turn it into a successful business or career. My name is Johnny Thompson and this week I'm joined by podcaster, panellist and former gladiator Vogue, it is Susie Cox. How's it going Susie, you alright?
1: Oh, very good. Very good. Thanks for inviting me.
0: No problem. Thank you for being on the show. Um, As I tell everyone when they come on the show, I'm not the best at giving the introductions. I usually just keep them to one or two lines. But do you want to take it away and just kind of take the stage, let people know who you are, what you do in your own words?
1: Yeah. Well, as you said, a hundred million gazillion years ago, a long time ago, probably for most of your listeners were even born, I was a gladiator. So not quite as far back as the Roman times, but almost. um, it was a huge 90s TV cult TV Saturday night show. Um, if you haven't seen it, Google it, because it's everywhere. Um, so that was, I, you know, prior to that, I was in international sports. So I'd done, you know, as a gymnast, and then went on to do something called competitive aerobics. Again, Google it, you'll have never seen it. Um, so that toured me all over the world, which was amazing. And then I got auditioned for Gladiators. So I did that for about five years. And then from that, obviously, Lots of spin-offs from doing that which is amazing, so we do Panto which is really fun Uh, and loads of other TV, radio, I had fitness DVDs because I have a fitness background, qualifications, that's my sort of main prior life Um, and then I met my husband on the show, uh, he was one of the contenders, so since then obviously we got married and we've had two kids who are now 13 and 15 So I stopped doing a lot of other work I decided that was going to be my main focus and be, I call it professional mum because it is a full time professional job. People say I'm just a mum, I'm like no, you're a professional mum, it takes all your time and energy. (laughs) Um, And then since then obviously along the way doing a few things but podcasting has been my main go to as well because it's really good fun and I love asking people questions as you know jonathan we started our chat and i was asking you all the questions so I'm gonna shut up and let you ask the question today um yeah so, t- so now my life is still bringing professional mum but podcasting presenting hosting and just yeah meeting lots of new people which is great
0: awesome uh so let's brought back a little bit as you said you have been very active your whole life i know you were quite athletic as a child um, and you've done obviously your qualifications in that but what i wanted to ask you about was this competitive aerobics that you spoke about because i did look at this before coming on here and is it true you were the uk champion in 91 92 93 and 94.
1: yes and um, yes yeah. and european champions in i'm gonna get it wrong now 93 i think it is i can't remember i think it was 93.
0: And seventh at the worlds in Las Vegas as well, I believe.
1: That's exactly it. So the last time we competed at world championships, we did three world championships, we were ranked seventh, which was pretty good going considering most of the other countries had it as a, almost like a professional job. Our jobs were still within the fitness industry, but we were sponsored by Rebot, which was amazing um, to get to competitions and well expenses, etc., and some kit um but the rest of the time all our rehearsal time our coaching our, you know that wasn't paid for so yeah i'm pretty proud of that actually to be seventh in the world
0: that's awesome at, at, at the time you were doing that what were you actually working as what was paying the bills so to speak
1: um well still within the fitness industry so i was teaching group classes aerobics classes uh, variations of the theme um and doing some personal training that was primarily uh yeah 99 percent of the time and the rest of the time was training so yeah so during my only so I, I actually had i was quite ahead of my years i think so i did a levels enjoyed them so much i had to go back and retake mm-hmm. they were so much fun mm-hmm. i spent a lot of time so i i you know did professional sport not professional, i did high level sport until i was about 15 and, and then i got a glandular fever which sort of really wiped me out yeah. um so i found it really hard to get back into you know high level training and competing so and then you hit 16 17 and the clubbing years yep were you in alcohol
0: takes its toll
1: oh, well yeah no it's a alcohol actually and a lot of my friends yes absolutely but i think because i've been so I, I just i used to drive everywhere but my friends loved it uh because i used to just drive them i used to just like clubbing for the dancing because that was just in like 100 i'd go to a club with my friends they'd go off and do whatever they do you know I'd go right dance for like two and a half hours solid and then like right I'm going now so I'd literally go and have a little sleep somewhere I said I'm leaving at four so we're leaving but so consequently my a levels didn't really entice me quite as much as they probably should have um I just found it all a bit dull really sitting around and sitting still in essence and it just wasn't active enough and a levels are quite intense only like three subjects so it's just Anyway, I think that was just me at that time, and but it, what it did for me, I think, was great. It gave me like a reset button, so I got all that out of my system for a couple of years, you know, doing clubbing, not doing schoolwork, obviously sleeping, whatever. And then at eighteen, I, whilst I was retaking uh, two of my A levels, I got my art one, which was good. Um, didn't take a lot of brain processing for that one. That was okay. Uh, And then, yeah, so during that, I actually went and qualified, which then led me on to all the other brilliant things that I've done. So actually at the time, you know, it might seem like the worst thing to happen. All my friends left and went to uni. I was at home redoing two A-levels. And and actually, and then I I did a a one-day-a-week college course, which was actually linked to a university, which was to do with exercise and health studies. And it was like a proper qualification, which covered all the fitness and all the personal training and everything for a year. And on that course, I met one of the girls who was doing the same thing, who was, ended up be, being in the aerobics team. That she'd sort of, she'd started doing a little bit of dabbling in that sort of sport. And obviously having been an ex-gymnast myself, and then um, brought me back in and sort of said, right, actually, you could be really good at this. We really need you in the team. So I joined up uh, into her team and um, basically just ended up you know, competing with her onwards for about four or five years. At 18, I was probably fairly mature, which is quite worrying because I'm not now. I think I've gone the other way now. But at 18, I had this sort of thought process in my head of, okay, I'll retake the A levels. I got involved in doing the competitive sport, which was amazing. We did really well, and I had then got offered a place to go and do um, sports science at university, and I thought. Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to defer that because I need to do the physical stuff now while I'm still like 19, 18, 19. Um, and so I made that decision and I thought, actually, the brain stuff I can do, obviously, it's still physical, sports science, it's not like, but it is more sort of, you know, the learning bit I can do later, the physical stuff I need to do now while I'm in the zone. So I made that jump and actually it was probably the best thing I've ever done, you know, at that, that point. Um because obviously from doing that, I did the competitive aerobics, which then led on to being spotted and, and invited to come and audition for Gladiators. I actually got asked to do it for the very first series, but um, we just qualified to go to Las Vegas for our first world championships. And I thought, oh, you know, i had seen American Gladiators and I thought it was really cheesy and really awful. <laughs> and I thought that's never going to, well, but TV back then, you know, late 80s, early 90s was really safe and sensible. We weren't like that, woo, you know, like WWF hadn't arrived, you know, it was like, oh, you know, I'm talking a long time ago, nearly 30 years, well, 30 more years ago. It was really different. And then obviously it made a massive turn and gladiators came on and it was a massive hit. <laughs> um, and it was, I'd still carried on competing, you know, Jet, who was one of the original girl gladiators, she was competing aerobics at the same time. She'd put me forward for the audition because they were looking for some other girls similar to her. And I said to her, look, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go to Las Vegas, because who doesn't want to go to Las Vegas anyway? Um, And by then, all my friends who'd gone to university were doing exams. And I was like that. Off to Las Vegas. See you later. You know, whereas when they first went, I was really jealous, because obviously they were just in freshers week continuously for like months. And I was just like that. But so it worked out in my favor. And actually, I do not in like, you know, sort of. We must do this type of thing, but I do, I have taught a lot of teenage girls in, in schools and things, and I do say some look, really, really, if you can focus for that really short period of time. Don't do what I did, but if you get an opportunity, it's not the be all and end all to have to go to university in a normal pattern of life. You know, yes, it's important if that is important to you, but if it's something you, you just have that sixth sense is just not right for you, there are many, many other opportunities and you know ways to go than just that normal academic route you know I have different skills for different things you know I'm I'm okay I'm sort of middle of the road academically I'm not a complete you know bottom of the pile but I'm definitely not up there um but I have a lot of other skills that I think that are much more that you can't necessarily teach and if you have those skills people skills communication skills are massively important and that's something my husband and I both really home into our kids and try and encourage them to do because if you can speak and communicate with people it helps you get on in life you know whatever you want to take you know if you can compute it doesn't mean you have to be in front of the camera presenting and being you know showbiz showbiz all the time but just being able to communicate with people on a level and different types of people is a really important thing so that's what i actually i talk for a living
0: we might as well burst that bubble now the elephant in the room gladiators yes. so obviously you were on the show 95 to 2000 you played probably one of the most fan favorite characters on the show vogue even uh, i remember watching Vogue, and you might i actually am old enough to remember watching gladiators as well because if you were on 95 2000 i would have been you'd, you, yeah you would have joined the year before i was born so i was watching some reruns probably as well but um, but yeah, you're obviously a fan favorite. Um, and you also came back in 2009, I believe, for Legend Last Stand. We
1: did, <clears throat> yes. Um, so glad yeah. It was amazing. I mean, you know, it, it it was one of those massive, huge, iconic TV shows, which at the time, you know, was the prime time Saturday night viewing. You know, massive. Because whatever age, and it covered all the ages, like you say, it covered, you know, three year olds up to. 93-year-olds and it was all that whole family because it was something for everyone uh, on the show and the kids loved it because they could shout at the tv and you know shout wolf and it was like panto with you know sport and glamour and yeah action form and everything you know all rolled into one um so the saturday night was Baywatch, gladiators blind date that was your three massive shows on a saturday night that's, it, that's all you needed so the older you know, the teens, the 20-year-olds, my friends were all now telling me they were getting ready. You know, they were on their way out. They were getting ready to go out or they are at uni or, you know, going out for clubbing or whatever. So, they'd be like around early Saturday night watching, getting ready or eating or whatever. And then you have all the families and the young kids are at home and the grannies, everybody. So, that was amazing, obviously. Um, and then, obviously the show, I think because the show had been on, I joined it, obviously, three years in. So it had been on for like eight years, and it was such an expensive show to put on. You know, I mean, you, know, you can imagine the production, company, the amount of people involved. It was huge, and they did have huge viewing figures, but by then, or just starting to open up, and uh, were things like Big Brother, where TV production companies could earn gazillions mm-hmm. by people phoning in and voting, and just drawing in people, you know, in a completely different way to just, you know, audience and show. You know, people could... Participate almost from home in the show and, and say, have a say in who stayed and who went and all that type of proper gladiators. I still think they should do.
0: And you still you had a live audience as well, didn't you, for the shows?
1: We did some early on. Again, to TV TV shows generally, the the audience stuff is is free. So they used to record all of the gladiator shows in the summer holidays, so all the kids could come. So it was t- two shows a day, so it's a long schedule. Two shows a day, seven thousand people, twice a day in that arena. Wow. Yeah, so massive, wow. massive. Um, so amazing, but quite. I mean, obviously, i competed and I'd performed in front of quite big crowds and, and audiences and things like that. But this was different because I was coming into it and I'd watched it. You know, I'd seen Diane, you know, Jet, and I knew knew her. I didn't know anyone else. So when I was brought in as a new girl, like a new girl at school, and two or three of them had been asked to not be there anymore. It was really awkward, really awkward. It was like that, hi, luckily I knew her, And otherwise I think they'd all been like, you know, who are you? Yeah, so it's proper like, you know, ingratiating yourself into all these people that i watched on TV as well. You know, I didn't know them. Um, so, yeah, the first sort of few rehearsal shows and days, and Panther was my absolute bestie and still is. Um, she was amazing. She completely looked after me and uh, took me under her wing mothered me so because I was like a new girl Um, and we're still really good mates now which is amazing Um, but yeah so the show show was obviously massive and then after that obviously it came to an end it came to a natural end where obviously just tv everything had changed and moved on and this style of tv wasn't as uh, I suppose user-friendly you know for production companies tv companies it was just costing them millions and okay they might get it back in viewing figures and advertising and stuff but it's still a huge amount of money I think that's where the where the turn came it came to a natural i suppose end. it had been on for eight years um which was amazing you know the american gladiators hadn't lasted that long australian gladiators didn't last that long um so and it was a huge production so it came to an end and then south africa we went to uh, we got asked by the south african production team i think hunter was involved with sort of negotiating all with a few of them out there to do some shows in 2000 so just as our uk show finished we just went out there and recorded a series with them Which was interesting uh
0: springbok was that
1: no because they used to do those anyway in our series so again we do i think it was 15 domestic shows they used to do like i don't know six internationals and then we'd have kids shows as well it was called train to win so you'd be a team captain for two kids so one younger one slightly older a lot more pressure a lot more pressure doing with the kids they're doing our main show because i mean i was quite lucky because i was quite a good all rounder, I you know, I'm been a gymnast. I could do the swinging high stuff, but I could also whack people. But I wasn't, really, I'm not very really tall. I'm only five foot six. I'm not very tall, so I'm actually quite short. So They'd only put me on dual and things like that if it was a really tiny person. They wouldn't put me, you know, who's like six foot two because it'd just be over. Because
0: like that's what I didn't know. What what is the actual setup of the show itself? Because obviously it's a competition for the people that come on, and you're obviously trying to stop them. Is was it a case of like, you know, t- not take it easy, but was it a case of like, you can't just s- smash everyone one of the pieces that comes through the building and like, or were people genuinely just good and actually just kind of got through, through that?
1: Well, it's a, a, probably a combination of the two. I mean, there was no particular plan. I'm extremely competitive, so I'm not going to lose on purpose. This is not going to happen. You know, I can't, i mean board games. Do not play games generally or, you know, table tennis. The kids are like mum calm down, you know, basketball, anything, I'm like, <laughs> get to, like, crazy, <laughs> compressive mode, but there is an element of, at the end of the day, it is a TV show, it's an entertainment show, so to make it more, for example, on the Hang Tough, on the Rings, there's a few people that you just know, you've seen them do it, and you're like, they're literally just going to go like that and hang, they're not going to move. Boring TV, boring for me, boring for the audience, just boring, so... You know, you can elaborate, but I'm still going to pull her off. You know, that's just going to be given. So, if people do win, definitely myself, but they did tend to pair people. So, for example, in the early shows, they would just put you on anything. We don't select what we go on. You know, there's no, you know, I'm only going to do that and that and that. You know, no. Yeah, put on a show. You get a little piece of paper under your door. I mean, now it would all be digital, but back then in the 1800s, they put a piece of paper under your hotel room door. Of, of the games the next day, and you can sleep or not sleep, depending on what the game is. Um, so you get, you know, maybe two or three games a show, you know, rotated around, and they put generally put you on everything. By the time they get to the semi-finals and finals, then they tend to put you on your ones that you may be better at, or more like to do, make it harder, because the contestants are getting better, and they're getting efficient, so they want it to be a good battle. Um, but, for example, if there is a really tiny contender, there's no point putting a really tall girl against her because it is over in seconds, you know, the boys is slightly more, and it did even out a little bit early on, the boys were enormous, obviously gladiators. My husband was six foot two, and he was about 90 kilos when he did the show, and he was fantastic, so he looked enormous compared to a lot of the male contenders,
0: um,
1: you know, whereas some of the guys are really tiny. Whereas the girls, I'm five foot six, some of the girls are bigger than me. You know, they're bigger than me. the girls...
0: But you were particularly good at hang tough from what I remember.
1: I think from being a gymnast, you know, it's just a natural thing to, to hang and swing and just comfortable hanging and swinging. Whereas some of the other guys who have more body, but it's a lot more bodybuilder background, which is amazing and they're really powerful and strong, but on the ground, you know, anything that involved going up and moving and agility was, was terrifying for them, you know, absolutely terrifying. So they, a lot of gladiators still have to overcome you know, fears. I mean, pole acts, I remember there's a, <clears throat> there's a spinning poles, so these huge big cylindrical yeah. poles and they've got little steps that jut out. So you basically climb and round them, step round, and it's rotating as you do it. You get to the top, hit the button, and then whoever's there first, the other person's little steps just come in and fall oh, onto an airbag. I got that on my very first filming show. And again, because I, I was using my brain beforehand, I saw the schedule, I, I, I'm a bit of a statue when it comes to working out and planning. And I was like, right, it's in, only in four shows, so you've got like that person, that person, they're really good, and the best of those three would probably do it in the final. But I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to get it. I loved it, because I literally, but I'd only gone halfway up in practice. I've gone halfway up, jump. it's like jumping off into an airbag. It's like, what well, is this is brilliant. Stupid, because I've gone, Oh, she's enjoying it let's put her on it first show i did not sleep i don't think i was terrified absolutely terrified but it was real life you know it was a proper adrenaline
0: it's the kind of show that every kid wanted to be on like i mean if you were to ask me what tv show out of every tv show in the world would i like to be on i'd probably say gladiators because it was just i mean it's probably a testament to why it lasted so long in britain as opposed to other countries is we just have an affinity for aggression and just battering each other in in the name in the name of sport
1: yeah, it also had the humour. I think the entertainment side of it. So, for, you know, our show was very much panto, larger than life. You know, flip your hair around, all that sort of, you know, cheesiness that you did back then. Um,
0: well, you used to wing all the backfoots coming in for your entry.
1: But, you know, we car- were characters. So we, like it was like early spot You know, I suppose Spice Girls. That's where the next sort of thing came. Of like there's different characters, and people are drawn to different personalities and different characters for different reasons. So you had a cross-section of us that became role models or, you know, whatever kids would just buy into some of us uh, better than others. And and again, you know, follow us around the country and come watch a Pantu, and just, and like I said, because it, it covered all the ages, so the kids who were three are now 40. No, no, they're not. The, the 10-year-old boys who we used to meet on show are now 40. So you're like, you know, they've grown up with it and they still love it, you know, because it luckily has been reshown and on various different channels. Well, what we're saying, so we, our show came to a natural end, obviously, but then they left it a while and then they relaunched a new show, Gladiators on Sky. Um, and that's where we get to come back and be legends.
0: Legends. Again. It's a
1: really bright way of saying old people. <laughs>
0: put, put the OGs but
1: Yeah, the original Gladiators. Exactly, our own gangster's original gladiators. Um, yeah, so my son, who's now 13, was so it was a long time ago. So he was he was just born, I literally just had it, and they were ringing and I was like, seriously, I've literally just given birth, and they were like, well, you can't do it anyway. I'm like, if I really want to do it. <laughs> They're like, you can't. Um, but they were going to test it out. So they did one see one show with some of our old guys in it. And it was, you know, it was hilarious because obviously we were just like, we didn't care. We was like panto. We were just like having fun. And a lot of us hadn't seen each other. It was a reunion. It was amazing. But they knew one. They took themselves a little bit too seriously. Amazing show and amazing athletes. But they were given a different sort of direction, I suppose, of how to be. And it was just a bit intense and a bit serious. And so when we all showed yeah, we were just having, you know, it was like So it, it, it just did show the differences. And I, I just think because it was much smaller scale, you know, audience, it was like 200 people, it was in a different studio. They did a bit over water. I mean, they tried to make differences and it was, a, you know, it was a nice show. It was great at the time and, and really fun for us. Eventually I did get to go and do it. I think my son was then about nine months old or something, um, but they still wouldn't let me do some of the games. But I mean, half the kids, oh, half the kids after you know some of the girls who were on it who were gladiators i was like oh, i could be your mom
0: oh.
1: you know she was like one of the girls was like 18 or something or 19. i was like ah. and i'm one of the younger ones so imagine yeah. the older ones i was like they're gonna be your grandma <laughs> <laughs> you know? so it was fun it was fun and the fact to go back and be called a legend uh was great and ian wright was um presenting it um i think Kirsty gallagher initially and then caroline um flack
0: yeah and would you go back and do it again?
1: I don't know. I think I'd like to stand there with a microphone.
0: Post it instead. Yeah,
1: it's nothing to do with not being in Lycra. I Just I just like to be on the other side of it now because you know having been there, I think it's a good thing to have someone who understands it and appreciates it. That's why Ian Ian was good, and, and that's you know Fash was good because they were sportsmen. They could appreciate you know the physicality of it
0: in a good way, in a good way. But as I say, you moved on after that, and you've done. A lot since you left Gladiators. Um, it's not the only thing you've done in your life, but what was the first movie after? Because I know from what I've looked up, you've done some modelling, you've presented the fix, you inspired a video game heroine called Silver, which is probably the craziest thing. Uh, and then obviously your fitness videos and DVDs as well.
1: Yes, videos being the operative word. That's how long ago they were. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the video, the fitness stuff, obviously, just continued through. So you know, from being you know, sports person then into teaching coaching and then that's just always carried me through even when I have the kids you know it's something I could easily go and do and I went into teach and mentor sort of some teenage girls in schools around where I work and live and um that was challenging because they were sort of you know my daughter's age now 14 15 16 year old girls which you know can be depending on their personalities quite challenging but luckily because um, Myself, you know, I had one one week, one girl just then, just this to me. Yeah, gave me that that sass look. Just with her arms folded, just doing that look, and I was like,
0: "Does she know who she was tackling?"
1: No, I was just like, uh, "What are you doing?" You know that look that you're giving me. I said, "I invented that look, and it doesn't work on me. So let's just move on like that." I just walked off. which just like that. I think because I think because of the way I was with him, you know, they forget ages, you know. I'm, much older than they thought I was and that's not being be me going I look really young it's just you know when you're 15 people who are 25 are old you know people who are like 35 are like you know, the parents you know so, bouncing around and being like crazy and doing some really cool dance stuff with them and and chatting to them I think they thought I was 30 something and I wasn't I was still I think I was the time I think on my birthday once I was doing some GCSE with some of the kids there and one of the boys said "Was oh, it your birthday mess I was like yeah he said how old are you like 34 I went yeah like 43 I was like literally the other way I was like yeah yeah 34 yeah yeah so you know brilliant but that, that that's the sort of thing I enjoyed doing it was quite rewarding it was challenging but rewarding um the fitness dvds and videos I did some of my own and then I went on and did some with um I, did, oh, I had to choreograph, not choreograph, I had to present and be the fitness person for a guy who, was, who worked with Beyonce, one of her dancers or something. The Worst thing ever, it was such a long production. He was brilliant, just couldn't present. You know, there's, there's being a dancer and then there's presenting and they're very different and you, it's not the same skill. You're good at one thing, not so great at the other thing. Um, I did one with a girl from Coronation Street years ago as well um So, yeah, it was great. So, lots of different things coming back. And then, you know, with the kids, obviously, I could still carry on doing some of the fitness stuff part time in between. So, when they were at school, eventually, I could go then and teach and just just keep my hand in and feel like I was giving something back, I suppose, really, for me, of actually, you know, all the skills that I have up to now um, acquired, um, using them in, in a way that I feel, yeah, was a bit more rewarding. I was blooming really as well. Some of the kids were quite challenging. Um,
0: Cause that was something else i was going to ask is i assume there's if not even just a network but some skills and attributes you would have brought from uh working on gladiators into your life afterwards and being able to sort of use them to your benefit
1: i threaten my children mostly no, Jim. um no <laughs> um, <laughs> years ago my kids were tiny as well on youtube the only youtube clip of me on gladiators was me on hang Tough where there was a girl um, who was a British tug-of-war champion. So she's really tall, really strong and she couldn't do the swing like as we talked about earlier, she couldn't swing on it but she was just, she could just hold on for like get her. So there's a video of me literally like pulling on her, pulling her hands <laughs> and then eventually, that was the only person I didn't get off on Hang Tough I think, dropped onto the mat. so I don't want her landing on me. She fell down and then just lay there and she'd cracked two vertebrae in the back. Because obviously the mm-hmm. way of me pulling, and then as she landed, just a bit smart there. Just that's... so crap T Veteran back. That was the only oh thing my kids saw of me doing landing.
0: Almost paralysing someone just from yanking at their hip. Yeah, some...
1: imagine. My kids used to go, that's my mum. I'm like, no, don't show people that. Cause that I didn't mean to do it. She's gonna let go, I'm gonna say. Yeah, I know. So luckily there's a, a lot more variety of clips now. But Was she okay. all right? she was fine she yeah. recovered, recovered well enough to then madly she got because obviously she was out the show then understandably uh they invited her to come back and compete um when we went to south africa oh wow but she came out there all her family came pauline and she's a lovely girl i was like you're mad she we had i don't remember the game atmospheres so the big balls that we used to roll yeah. around hamsters in our show we had smoke that just Went off on the pods. So if you, cover, if you went over, you know, like a pirate, you know, not pirate, but like oh, yeah, dry ice, sort of smoke. Um, out in South Africa, they had pyro fire, lovely, no health and safety, let's put it that way. So we had to wear, if you went, did that game, you had to wear these like flame retardant sort of lycra. Sort oh, no. of so Pauline did that, very strong, very good. And it was basically like knocking skittles over, it was very different. She did that, fell over, someone went fire, they pressed the button, she was on the bottom. And even through the leggings or whatever we were wearing, she got like a huge like second degree burn in the back of her leg.
0: I assume this girl did not come back to Gladiators after that?
1: You are not, but her whole family had come out to South Africa to watch her and everything and I just like... uh...
0: Some people are just built different, this game isn't for you, sorry.
1: Well I just, you know, it's just really unfortunate. Better. So bad her stuff back to because she was a super amazing athlete you know and very strong and physical and it was just not meant to be
0: this woman is literally a tug of war champion and you broke
1: her <laughs> i didn't break her i broke her by accident but the second time was nothing to do with me um but yeah i just think you know i mean for example the very first show i think we recorded we have an end of series party and because I'd never really you know, I hadn't done it before or anything, I've got to the end and I was all these people like coming in and crutches and wheelchairs. Yeah, because it was brutal, you know, and it wasn't necessarily us injuring them, you know, it was just they landed awkwardly or
0: Yeah. Catch a foot in the net and you'll break your ankle in no time.
1: And the Eliminator, which we weren't involved with. You know, that's the driving map. People go oh, so what's your favourite game? They go, The Eliminator. I was like, Brilliant. I'm not in that bit. Thanks. The only bit I don't do that's your favorite bit It's your favorite yeah. bit thanks yeah
0: but that was a very exciting part of it though the eliminator oh, was yeah. insane
1: yeah yeah yeah. i mean that was literally the nail-biter finish because it could even if someone was like way ahead on points so it could still change
0: that would that would make or break the family that night so it would have depending on who you're, uh, you're sort of cheering on that night
1: yeah definitely definitely yeah and my you know same my husband did it and he'd actually so he got to the quarterfinals <clears throat> And then I think he did the gauntlet, and Warrior sat on him at the end because he used to be a rugby player and, and a decathlete, so he was quite good at, you know, getting round. And also being about six foot ish, he, he was bigger than most of the contenders that the boys were used to have, you know, going. Yeah. Against. I think because he got near to the end, Warrior just sat on him, and then they sort of squared up to each other a bit. Yeah.
0: Anyway. But it all ended well. It all ended well. But he didn't win, did he?
1: He got the best prize, he got me.
0: Oh, well, I was going to say there, was that, I might not want to talk about it, was that during the show or after the show that you would have met him first?
1: I met him during, film, during filming his show. <clears throat> um, but weirdly, so so what happens, I remember the show originally, they, um, as they're introducing each contender on the show, they've got a little bit of footage of them at home or doing their job or, you know, that sort of interview with each contender to know them before they are introduced into the show, more little you know clips that come on through their show. Um, and there's one particular cameraman who used to go and do those, so that particular year, I don't, every year, like, like I said to you, I like to know stuff, I like to plan out. So I was like, right, Dave, who who do you think is good this year, who do you think? Um, and so he started describing all the contenders, uh, you know, girls, obviously, and then some of the boys, and he started describing what is now my husband, and I was like, oh, sounds quite- I was single at the time. Uh, Ourselves, that's quite nice. Um, and then weirdly, we'd all go out in between. So the first sort of two weeks is, is um, training, we have three days training, and then we do camera rehearsal for a week, which is the most boring thing for us ever. Brilliant for the, all the crew and everybody else, but we don't do anything. We just have to sit in the arena for like hours on end waiting, because we don't go up on the games, you know, they don't like us to go up on the games, you know, but we have to look and pretend we're paying attention where a camera's going to be. But someone tells you that anyway, so we don't need to be there. Um, anyway, so during that period of time, it's all a bit slightly more downtime, I suppose, for us before it really kicks in with the schedule. So there's a little bar club, whatever, next to the hotel where we're staying, and so we would all go in there, and a lot of the contenders were in there this particular night, and this person was standing up at the bar, and that was my husband. And also, I think it's less, um, Jenny Rebel knew him vaguely through athletics, because she was an athlete, very good, come on with us, Olympic athlete. <clears throat> um, and so she trained with him at similar sort of time, a similar sort of age. Um, so she's not oh, know him. Anyway, it was like being back at school. I have talked about this before, so it's not a new story. But um, I have to say something, you know, I quite like him. So she went up to him, like you were when you were like 14, 13, 14, you know, got a girlfriend. Like, uh, yeah. Do you love her? <laughs> it was literally like that. Oh my God, it was almost as bad as that. I was just like, oh. and then it spreads like wildfire through from the director down to everybody, all the crew, every single person. I, knew. I hadn't even spoken to him at this point. I've not even spoken to him myself at this point. More than so anytime we were a sort of vague. You know, vicinity together, they'd be like, the oh, like, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. I'm like, yes, I know. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> I don't even know what he's like. He might be awful. I quite like him. Um, and eventually, we did have a conversation, and eventually, we did drive that away from everybody and actually, you know, have a coffee and just go, hello, as two normal people, as Susanna Mark, rather than Vogue and Contender, because it was very much them and us. Uh, <clears throat> Very much, even you know, contenders, and then there's us. So, there was, I felt like I was sort of, you know, defecting to the other side, if you like, for a bit. So, we just got to know that obviously he had a girlfriend, so that had to be dealt with. Uh, but what was really embarrassing was eventually when his show did get screened, it was about three months later, and obviously we were together then, he wasn't with her, but she's on the show, obviously in the audience, because that's what. You know, Mark's mum, Mark's girlfriend, Mark's bit, And I'd only known most of his really good friends who, you know, we're still really good friends with now for about three weeks or something. We're all sitting there watching you know, I'm just like, I was 20, nearly 25 years later, I think we're okay.
0: I would think so after that long.
1: 23 years, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. 23 years. Maybe
0: 24. You're just so excited for the next two to come, that's why exactly that's it and uh, since then you've also had your podcast uh, podcasts actually with the s um first brave pants with vogue and the viking podcast uh, is that one still going on or hiatus
1: it's still, on, it's still out it's still you know launched and you can listen to it by all means we haven't continued that again like yourself you know you were talking earlier you know i obviously done bits and balls and we we've done the brave pants thing it was it was a really fun thing to do and again it was really easy-ish thing to do and it was more of a like we've got this bit of time it's something we're both really passionate about women specifically just going and doing stuff they've always wanted to do and not being afraid to go and do it so it's that whole idea of you put your braid pants on and just go and do it whether you want to learn to sing you want to be a forest you, know, you want to jump off a bungee jump whatever it might be it doesn't have to be crazy but it's something you've always wanted to do not people are forcing you to do but you've just always gone oh I don't know I can, or I'm too scared, or I'm too this, I'm too old, too fat, too thin, whatever you're because I can't do, we were like, yes, you can, just do it, um, so that really came about, so we interviewed some amazing female guests who've either done massive life changes or gone out and put their brave pants on and gone and done something. so that was really fun, and then uh, then lockdown, basically, the, you know, the pandemic hit, we were just starting to go and do some events, we were being booked for like International Women's Day last year, to go and do some seminars and webinars and workshops about being brave and you know because that's something that i love to do i love live events i love standing in front of people you know i've got used to this but i much prefer being in front of people and a real crowd and getting an introduction um one-on-one it's fine but if you're in a group um presentation it's really flat you know because people can't all talk at once they can't you know Zoom or whatever it might be it's just not the same um, so we just started to get booked for a few of those and obviously then the pandemic and, and lockdown. Um, and then Anna who I was seeing at the Vikings, she we called her Viking, she's not gladiator, but she's just very tall and Swedish. And we'd known each other about ten years ago and we reconnected, she just moved back again to London and she kept calling me Vogue the whole time. We went for a bike ride and I was like, What are you doing? What are you doing? What's wrong with you? You know, I thought, "No, I'm gonna come up with a name for you. And I you know, Ice Queen and various other things, because she's just really tall, really tall and very blonde, and very pale. I was like, right, Viking. That's it, Vogan Viking. Brilliant. And then, then we went, right. We need to do something with this. This is just such a cool name. That's how we literally went and we're like, Brave Pants. You know, we tried. We had this sort of long-winded description of what we wanted it to be about, but we needed something short. We're like, Brave Pants. That's it. Um, so we've done quite a few. I think that's about eighteen. So each week we'd have a. Every other week we'd have a guest, and then in between weeks would just be us downloading, talking shit about something that happened that week, or what was in the news, or something that was annoying us, or whatever. Um, just a quick 15 minute one. And then, so that happened. And then, Anna has very I mean, much younger kids than me. And I think, you know, homeschooling is oh, hell. Uh, I'm minor teens, so they're pretty self sufficient, but you still have to be on call a lot. And the stress or, you know, technical issues or something, or you've got to do DT, then you've got to find 15 cardboard boxes in like two seconds, you know, that you haven't prepared. So there is that. But, but younger ones, it's very full on. And, and she really struggled to um, get her head around doing anything else around that and a few other bits of work that she was doing. So it's not completely shut down, but it's just put on hold for now. And then, like you, I just went, right, at the end of 2019, I went, yeah, brilliant, this is it, is the year. I'm going to put myself back out there, do some presenting and events. and da-da-da. I was getting really excited. And they're like, eh, pandemic, yeah. no entertainment industry, no live events know nothing that I love to do. So I was like, right, okay. So luckless, I started working with a few uh, people who've been helping, which was great. I you know, invested time and money into myself, which I haven't done for a very long time, uh, most of last year, which was great. So I worked with them like a mindset so a person uh, called Liz Ward, who's got a company called Slip Pivot. Um, she pivots basically. So I sort of went to her and I said, Look, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, I've done this, I've done, done all this stuff. I don't know what to do with it. What can I do? Put it all together and make it make sense to do something uh, and there's a pandemic and there's a lockdown and so my big 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 idea and I still really will hope it happens one day is to have a huge live event which incorporates all the things that I love so you know food you know people have to eat but that's not one of my huge passions uh, but more sort of fitness fashion food and fun so it ends the whole day is like lots of cool stuff it's like a festival Cirque du Soleil and ends with amazing DJ set for about awesome. three hours. I cannot wait. Sign me up.
0: Take my money.
1: Still in my head. It's still there. I'm gonna have plans all over my walls, ready to go. But obviously, I started planning that, spending about two months early on in lockdown. I was like, "This is." I'm just probably uncomfortable doing this now because I can't even research. I can't even go to other events. I can't look at venues. I can't do anything. So that's on hold till further notice. You know, next year, hopefully, or even the year after. So in the meantime, it was trying to find stuff that I could do that worked towards that, but also, you know, put me back out there a little bit and presenting, world and hosting. I mean, my ideal love, like I said to you, is is a microphone. I love live audience. I love. I'd like to be a host. Compare. That's my main goal in life is to be booked to be, you know, a host of compare. I've done lots of it in the past. Um, but putting in the microphone, I talk to anyone. I don't care who they are. Um-
0: for anyone, what is, anyone that doesn't know, and I'll pretend I know, what does that mean? What
1: well, being a host or compare?
0: Host, or... Co- co- what compare? Oh, I that. Host,
1: or compare. So the person who is standing on stage with a microphone who introduces the guests. Oh. So if you a big corporate event or, uh, you know, you have a, you have um, you know guest speakers will come up. I would be the person introducing them, and like you do on your podcast. Oh, so them.
0: host just then, yeah. yeah. Host. you're just you're just send the fancy posh way off
1: it of. host or some people prefer to use the word compare you know so you can compare and you know i don't know uh, uh, anywhere you know like a i suppose a, a, a what they call them um master of ceremonies you know a wedding and the person who introduces everybody to come in or whatever it might be the person with a oh. Does all the talking about
0: the northern irish public school we don't know them words so... well,
1: i don't either no i am just being to a few things like that the person who stands up and introduces everybody and tells everybody to shut up and listen that's me basically that's it i'm very good at that i'm very good at that and that's what i want to do and i love it and i don't care who the audience are whether they're all male all female mixed corporate i've done so many different events you know in my gladiator sort of persona and not and along the way and worked for Big corporations, um, financial corporations. So that's that's what my I've found out during this year, really, is is what I actually really love to do. Um so along the way I've used that and, and devised this bring the energy workshop, which is about that. It's about people not being put off sitting looking at their screens on Zoom, or if they're trying to do an interview for a job, or they're trying to they're on a big Zoom, you know, webinar, but they want to be seen. And I'm not talking about, you know dance around the background naked scene wouldn't advise that but just just almost like what i'm doing now I'm do, i said i do my like panto reactions if i'm on a screen because that is my personality anyway but if you're on a screen of like 20 30 people and you're tiny little square like that they can't see you going oh. they can't see you doing that you have to go like you know big gestures make it yeah and, it, be seen. And, and it's really good for the person who is presenting because they're then getting that feedback. If you were in a room with them, they'd feel that. It'd be a much more subtle version. You wouldn't have to go every five minutes because they'd just see you go, oh, you know, a clap or whatever it might be. But if you're on mute and you're on a big screen and there's 20 other people, you know, give them give the person who's speaking that sort of feedback of how you're feeling. Um, and just being seen and lighting yourself properly. and you know sound and everything like that so you can be seen and heard and and just enjoy the process you know we've got to flip and do it for probably a while yet. so enjoy the zoom screen presentation.
0: is there any other advice you could give for someone that maybe isn't as confident even through zoom for obviously you know as you said audio good lighting you know be more energetic but is there any sort of key things to keep in mind for people that maybe are a bit nervous going on then
1: well, I would say also, I mean, there's ways to do it. So it depends what you're doing. If you're just going to be sitting listening to someone, but it's having that, you know, that if it's someone who's going to ask questions and pick on people or get say, right, everybody do a 30 second, hi, tell you about yourself. That is terrifying to anyone, you know, to go, oh, I've got to talk about myself, oh my God. Uh, so have a little plan, you know, almost like a set script that you use. Have your little elevator pitch. Maybe they'll have three things about yourself you know, hi, I'm Susie, I used to be a gladiator and I've met the queen. done done, you know what I mean? It's sort of, or a love of dogs or whatever it might be. And also I say, have something behind you that is appropriate, obviously, <laughs> but shows your personality. So whether you're, I don't know, a Star Wars geek or you love- Hi
0: Potter. Pop, pop, pop. exactly.
1: So that's something. so it's a conversation. So someone, what's that on that, what's that cushion? What's that, you know, what is that? Whatever it might be, it's interaction. So someone go, "Why have you got a microphone behind you?" Oh, that's because I do a podcast, you know, or whatever it might be. So not, it's not just you on the screen. People are looking what is behind you. They're not just looking at your face, even if you are a small little square. They will still don't have your dirty washing hanging behind you. Don't have inappropriate things. Did you see that girl on Welsh news? I think it was. You had a.
0: Is she the one that had the? Sexual, or something hanging, yeah, sort of strange.
1: There, massive, inappropriate thing. I know if she was talking about sexual health or you know, sex, that's fine, it's appropriate because that's what you're being asked about, but you're not.
0: So, what was she talking about? Did they say what she was actually talking
1: about? Unemployment. I was like, We're not going to get employed unless you get rid of that, really. I mean, I'm all. I'm all about being yourself showing a true personality but the sort of pitch it to who you're talking to you know it's it's not about being totally like laid back if you're you know if you are trying to get a job if you're in an interview be engaged be interested have interesting stuff about yourself on post-it notes at the side because in that moment of nerves and panic you will forget you know have them on a wall in front of you whatever it is just little cues little reminders so if someone says to me right tell me three things people may not know about you tell me you know they will put you on the spot with those questions so rather than going uh have you know it doesn't matter really what it is it's just about you showing outside of your work cv other things that you do and i think that is also important for people so don't be afraid to be yourself but pitch it right to your audience that's what i said you know get with confidence thing i think also get yourself in the zone so if you are going for a job you know whatever it gets you in the zone whether it's like relaxing music beforehand like full trance house whatever it is that is your thing you know rock out beforehand so you get it all out your system and then you go oh, okay hi that's it you know that is what i would suggest it's like getting ready for a sports event for me it's like The same thing, preparing for a competition or whatever it is. You get everything ready, you get your kit ready, you get your tech ready or not, as the case may be. (laughs) Um, As much as possible to be ready. So then you haven't got all those other distractions going on and you can just focus on what you're saying.
0: I think my most awkward bit doing podcasts is, and people that watch won't even notice this because they only see the zoomed in on who's talking bit but when other people are talking obviously guests have a lot bigger segments than me and i just usually sit here going because i don't know what else to do i'm like I, i'm like if i smile they're going to think i'm really weird because i shouldn't be smiling but I just, like i'm engaged that's why i just i focus in you no know, and i end up just staring at a camera going. And then I'm like, this guest must think I'm way weird, way weird.
1: Because if you look at, if you watch any TV interview, especially if it's pre-recorded, so they'll have, you know, especially if it's like two people talking, you'll have the guest and you'll have the interviewer and you'll have the the shot of the guest saying what they're saying. And then you always have the shot of the interview going, I've done it a million times. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is so not what I'd be doing if they were speaking to me. But they do that quick shot of you going, oh, hmm that's really interesting no idea what you're talking about and no one's sitting there i'm not listening to anyone but i'm just gonna nod as though i'm really interested in what you say you are generally watching someone speak so it's completely different
0: yeah but that's my base and i know some people as well i know a lot of podcasters who actually don't like talking which is a really weird thing when i've talked them about it and yeah yeah I had, I had a conversation with a podcast i'll not say about a conversation with a podcaster who enjoys interviewing people but in like short form questions so like he'll literally give them like the tiny snippet and then just have them elaborate pretty much on the entire thing because he doesn't like talking but he likes hosting the podcast
1: well it? i mean that that to me is more a written interview isn't it yeah you know pretty much send them 10 questions they write back the replies in between you know if, if it's audio then i think i think there is a balance there's a massive balance i am prone to talking a lot as you can probably tell so when i'm interviewing people i have to occasionally go right, Listen, it's, it's about them. It's not. It's not that I'm about me. I'm just. I've got so many questions I want to ask. So many things I want to say that are relevant to what they're saying, and I get too excited. So I have to like. And occasionally that goes the other way too. And sometimes I'll think, God, I didn't say, I didn't ask them that. I forgot. I, you know, because I'm letting them. speak Because generally, if you listen to podcasts, you are interested in the guest because you know the tone of and the style of the podcast and what the topic is about but generally you are interested in listening to the guests but there's also those questions that you at home want to ask that you want them to ask as the interview so you've got to get that it's, it's hard because yeah i'm prone to talking a lot
0: well i mean for you it's probably a bit different for you than me because obviously you've had what a lot of people would call success and what you've done in your life you've met quite a lot of probably high profile people in your lifetime whereas that's pretty probably second nature to you now for me it's still like that little giddy bit of excitement like like when i knew i was going to come on and speak the vogue from gladiators i was like like i was like a boy again a little child again
1: yeah, but i think everybody's excited and i get that with everyone i'm excited i like being like because i'm normally asking the questions and i have to stop myself doing that I get excited. Whatever interview, whoever I'm speaking to, I get excited and I get a little bit nervous. It's good to have that little bit of nervous because then you're like, Ooh. you know, it's 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 exciting. If I was just bored, rigid, just going, oh, God. You know, I, that's why I like seeing people and speaking to them. When I record my podcast, I don't see them and I find that really hard. So we don't do it visually. It's completely an audio track at the moment, which is why... You know, the Brave Pants one was great. We would either, the guests would come to us or we would go to them and we'd all sit around a table and it would just be mental. Mad. And there'd be a lot of editing <laughs> because of three people who wanted to talk all at the same time and be excited. Um, but I much prefer seeing people. I think being able to see someone is much more engaging. And like you said, you know, lots of people will watch the YouTube interviews and video interviews. As well as just listen to the audio, I suppose it depends where you are and what, what you can do. You can't obviously sit at your desk at work just watching a video, but you can listen to an audio. Um, but I, it just brings it to life. For me, I like much more three-dimensional world. You know, I like real people meeting real people in a real room and this is the next best thing. Seeing people just talking. I know I've just done a lot quite a lot of voiceover work as well. And that's really quite tricky. It's, it's harder than you think to do and pitch correctly because obviously on the on the podcast it all has to be like it's what we talked earlier about you know you have to be excited and have a little bit more interest in your voice and sound like an advert when you're doing the intros and outros whereas this one for this kitchen appliance company had to be much more and i was doing it at the same time as i was doing a lot of the intros and outros for my podcast i had to keep thinking right okay head voice for the kitchen stuff and
0: How does that work for voiceover then? Because if it, for a kitchen advert, is it literally just a roll advert of the like, B roll and then you're talking over
1: it? This was um, an original, the video they already had, and it was an American script and voice, and they wanted to make it more for European market. So they changed the script slightly, but um, it was hard because we were trying to fit The original, I transcribed the original uh, script and then they de-Americanized it, if that is such a word, but you know what I mean? Um, And then we had to try and fit that script to the original video, which was, I didn't do that bit because that is not my expertise of any technical, which is why I'm so excited about what you do, because I couldn't do that at all. So actually, you know, I can talk. And if someone sends me the link and I plug my microphone in normally, it works. Um, And I can do that bit. so we were trying to, and it's timing and pitch and making the words, and some of the words I've never even heard of. I mean, it's quite a high-tech kitchen appliances. I don't really, I do cook, but like, you know, I'm not a chef, or ever will be, or ever want to be. So a lot of this stuff, was like, it's was completely wasted on me. I don't know what half these terms are. You know, it was like, you cook, you boil, you grill, stick it in the oven. Yeah. What more do we need to know? You don't need to know your glassware, and stemware for the dishwasher. Glasses, 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 surely, you know, so I was, you know, so a lot of it's quite, it's quite tricky trying to get that exactly right and fit it, so I'm just waiting for them to, okay, we've done it all and sent it in, but it's quite, it was 11 scripts, 11 different appliances, each one had a different script, a lot of it doubled over and and repeated, but again, each one had to be, and there's certain words I just realised I could not say in a sentence without Mm -hmm. sounding like I'm slurring or pronounce
0: something, thing so it's, it's harder than it appears and you also have your new podcast that recently just released top Do- yes. wait let me get it right top dogs and they humans
1: perfect yes very excited so that came about again through the whole pandemic lockdown <clears throat> uh, era it was meant to launch before christmas um but due to various lockdowns and people involved it got a bit delayed which was fine um, I was putting lots of pressure on myself to get it out there, and I was like, why am I doing that? I've commissioned this. No one else has commissioned it. I've commissioned this, product. why am I setting these stupid deadlines? <clears throat> so we've got six guests, it's all recorded, it's all ready to go. The first one was launched last Wednesday, uh, so that was Karen Howard, who's in Strictly, um, and she's got, it's all about basically human connection through dogs. It's, I, my, my idea in my head was like Desert Island Discs, but with dogs, not discs sort of getting to know people going behind the scenes a bit into their life because people who have dogs talk about themselves through their dogs so you meet someone walking park with a dog i have two dogs you see i have two rescues and you chat to someone you don't you chat to the dogs and you talk about the dogs but you end up finding about their life because they talk about their dogs they don't say oh hi i'm so and so and i haven't left the house for like three weeks they will tell you that about the dogs you know um so that was the idea to get more high profile people on not necessarily having to talk about themselves with those direct Piers Morgan style interviews, but you find out where they grew up and how long they've had dogs, their love of dogs, you know, people in their life who've come in and you know, all that sort of stuff. But hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully it's going to do well. So the second episode went out today and that's with DJ Nikki Beatnik, who's amazing. She's worked with every single celebrity that you can think of on planet, I feel. Um, so she's amazing. So her one's gone out today. Um, and then there's four more to go. Finishing with a gladiator, funny enough.
0: Awesome. Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I'm launching at the moment. So g- please, anyone go and listen to it. I'll talk about your podcast if you talk about mine. Uh, yeah, reviews help, don't they? I mean, reviews help just, just get more people to see you and hear you and this, be able to find it. So if anybody does review yours, I will do yours, obviously, um, yeah amazing so yeah
0: that's exciting because i love dogs and i love talking to people so it's like i've got to put those two together and something else i just want to ask kind of to sort of round it off a little bit because when it comes to podcasts i know it's kind of a big debate for a lot of podcasters about research now i know podcasters should do zero research and jump on and just kind of freeball it me i am a massive stickler, like you said like i have my notebook and i have to scrupulously write exactly what i want to get out of that because i especially with a lot of my uh guests where i've got like marketing guests on and very entrepreneurial business based and for them we're just trying to drive as much value in terms of advice and stuff so i'm very in all right i want to get this 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 and this and you can divert whatever way you want around that but we're going to hit these points on the way through but how do you obviously research because yours would obviously be very different i assume going in because it's more dog based than human based well it is
1: obviously it helps I have researched, the guests that I wanted to get on, I have pretty much got on for this first series. I've been really lucky. I mean, and Karen was incredible as well, she's very high profile, she was in Strictly at the time, and that's partly why it was delayed, a bit because she was involved with Strictly, and I really wanted to have her on as the first guest. Not that there's a, any particular order, but I just think the order that we we haven't rec- put them out, the order we recorded them, um, I just wanted to do them all, and then go, oh, that works, put them out in that um just again there's a little bit of variety and, and what I think are the most fun episodes someone else will think no I really like that person or you know again like we talked about the, the, what I like and what other people like very different and that's great so we try and have so we've got two male guests we've got four female guests every loves their dogs and that was the the bottom line every you know it was about dogs primarily but interesting stories behind those dogs with the people um so for me yeah I, I research I mean I probably researched them as far as just having I have a, a set format of the type of thing I want to say, a bit like yourself, probably you know maybe like five key things and finishing with a generic thing that I asked them all you know if they were a dog, what dog would they be and why just like you say just that conclusion end so it's the same because people sort of look forward to that people get in a pattern listening I know I do with certain podcasts I like to know that that what's that finishing line it's like and in other news type of thing on the news there's always some finishing yeah. <clears throat> question generic that's the same for everybody um because the stories throughout will be very different so it's quite nice to have that sort of repetition at the end um but as far as researching them i like again just having a bit of an outline but I don't know everything and so a bit like you just go with the flow a little bit i prepare but i also go with the flow because they might just start talking about some story that i've never heard or, or, or don't know about them and it's amazing and you're like you've just got to go with it so um i think just for me just remembering what you want to talk about you know for me it's the human connection about the dogs but i also want to hear funny stories you know i don't want it to be all doom and gloom about rescuing dogs and you know poor dogs who've been treated but you know there's an element of that and each guest gets to talk about a charity of their choice as well so that was really important to me so each podcast episode there's a mention or a website link. And for the launch last Wednesday, we just did, again, because a lot of people got so much going on. At the minute, I mean, I don't want to put any pressure on people, but it was a donate dog walk. So it was literally, take your dog for a walk, like you normally know, do, and, you know, please donate the cost of a coffee for yourself and a friend, Fiverr, if you can. And lots of people did lots more than that. We raised, like, you know, just under, uh, I suppose just under, over a week, a thousand pounds, which was brilliant.
0: Wow, congratulations.
1: So that's for the Wild at Heart Foundation who, you know rescue dogs all over the world so for me that was a key one and two of the guests it's one of the charities they support so we went with that one so that was the idea was just trying you know there's, there's always for me it's always a give back I really like that sort of feel good factor I like to give back and I'm really bad really bad at getting asking for money for things I hate that I'm really uncomfortable I'm really I'm, I'm yeah you know, I'm, I'm financially driven we talked about this but I'm really uncomfortable I think it's probably because in a, you know in my past life I had a manager and an agent and all these people that for, that for you so i i don't even like it i don't even like it. when i just teach classes i was like just put i don't want to, I don't want to see I don't want to see the money i don't even look at it you know and it's not because i don't want money of course i do want money everyone wants money i'm just really uncomfortable i'm not good and that's something i need to get better at So i need to get better at just going right this is the fee and this is it i would sure. do everything free otherwise <laughs> and yeah. my kids would be very hungry
0: <laughs> not good
1: no, no something i would say i need to get better at you know that's one of my things to work on
0: right and i like think you said about rounding up how we round up here is just asking where can people find you if people want to come watch your podcast they want to come find you your social media handle will have already been on the screen but for anyone else links will be in the description but where can they come find you
1: um well there's two obviously instagram at susie cox live and at top dogs and the humans that's the two main ones i use now um, I'm on LinkedIn, Susie Cox, and also a um, website is in motion. It's been a long process because totally done to me because I'm just rubbish at passing on the information. So very clever people who are making it for me, who are lovely. Um, but Susiecox.com will be live very soon, and that will be a central hub with all the stuff. So stuff about gladiators, stuff about podcasting, events, everything should be in one. That's the idea is to have everything in one place. But LinkedIn, I pretty much, I do myself, so lots of stuff that I'm doing is always on there, if not on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well, but very rarely. I think it's cox one Susie.
0: There we go. Well, same as always guys, you know, links will be in description below. Please go across, check out Susie, check out her podcast, go and have a look. Um, I know she'll definitely appreciate it. And as she says, leave reviews. Reviews are key for what we do. We really do appreciate them. And that's it, guys. Yeah. Obviously, I want to say again to you, Susie, thank you very much for coming on. I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to speak with me. Great.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: No problem. And hopefully we can catch up again at some point in the future as well. See how your podcast has been getting on coming through this year.
1: Yeah. Exactly, we're going to put ourselves
0: forward for podcast awards. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, that's the for this week, guys. Please remember, if you are watching the YouTube version, go down, hit like, and hit subscribe if you have enjoyed the content. If you are listening to the audio version, you can go across, follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you are, and you can also leave a review. Uh, the review link is also at my link tree if you want to get the quickest news way, hit that, and you can go onto my Rate My Podcast, leave a review, and it kind of correlate some other people for me. It's it a little bit easier to look at. But, yeah, that's it for this week, guys, and we'll be back again next week. We'll have another incredible guest on talking about their life, their motivation their story, and until then, I'll see you later. Hello guys, how are you doing? It's me Jack, mate. You've just finished watching probably one of the best videos on YouTube, so why not take a moment to consider subscribing? And if you haven't already, hit the like button and turn the notification bell on. Apparently it helps. I don't know how. It was a good one, wasn't it?